Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. Dedication, doing a little bit different. I got a message that I'm going to share to you based off child dedication as opposed to doing a little bit, a little bit of it in a segment of our service and then going on to the uh, to the main message. We're just going to compile it into one. So I got something I want to share with you. Lorana is going to come up and finish it for us. Uh, and then in between all that, our children will be coming down and then some of you will be coming forward today. So, so today really is a special, uh, it's a special day. It's a special uh, celebration, a special moment. We are literally uh, offering our children unto God. We're saying, Lord, we are dedicating our most prized possessions unto you, and we are trusting you with them, and we are, uh, you know, being led by you to lead them. It really is a special day, but one thing that it is not, it is not a do-it-and-forget-it day. Can you look at someone and say, this is not a do-it-and-forget-it? So this isn't like one of those things to where you just kind of like hand them off to God and then just kind of go your way. It's not like, you know, there's a thing I hear with grandparents, and I'm not not there yet, that uh, grandparents can kind of love them and leave them, where grandparents spoil them and drop them off. You know, they come over to the grandparents' house, they get the ice cream, they get the cakes, they get the cookies, you know, they get to kind of run wild and get a little crazy. And then when the grandparents are tired of them, they just send them right back to you. Is that the case sometimes? I know it is with Brad and Angie. They've done that to my own children. We was at a football game a couple weeks ago, and Abigail was like, oh, there's Brad and Angie. Can I go say hi to them? And we was like, yeah, sure. Next thing I know, Abigail is coming back with pocket loads of candy. She was calm and chill the first half of the game. The second half of the game, do you know what she was doing? She was running up and down the bleachers. Because they did the love them and leave them thing with us. So thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that. And she stayed up to about 1 o'clock that morning as well. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, this is not a do it and forget it thing. There really is a responsibility on our part. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, a, a little bit today. And we're going to see that uh, in the story of Samson. So when you look at the story of Samson, and I'm, I know I ministered on Samson here a couple of months ago or so, we're going to look at a really small segment in this story uh, when God was basically instructing, instructing his mom concerning him prior to him being born. Now something we started doing around here is really getting into the Bible, uh, emphasizing biblical teaching as opposed to just getting up and preaching. And I, I, want to, I want to give you this, even though this is like a child dedication uh, message and talk, we're going to look at a Bible verse. And because we have started really emphasizing biblical teaching, I want you to see what I'm doing here. We're going to be looking in the Old Testament. And 
one of the wonders of the Old Testament is you get a literal historical point of what God was doing that was very practical to them. But for us, we get, we get a lot of principles and we get these metaphors and these symbols that lead us to live a certain way inside of a New Testament faith. So I'm saying this for you, if, if you are not already there, and I know some of you are and some of you are not, for you to realize as you go through the Old Testament that there is a literal, practical thing that you're reading that is very historical, but at the same time, God will try to teach you, lead you, guide you in the form of godly principles inside the Old Testament. So we live New Testament life, but yet there is so many wondrous directives in the Old Testament that it's very important for us to see that it's not only a historical account of what God was doing with his people, but it's also an area of scripture that that we can look kind of behind the curtain of what we're reading and apply to our life. And that's what I'm going to be doing this morning. So it's kind of slash teaching, just slash, uh, you know, message. So let's read Judges chapter 13, verses 4 and 5. This is God talking to uh, uh, Samson's mother. For the, for, just for the record, the Bible does not list Samson's mother's name at all. None whatsoever. And there's a message with that, within that itself, a teaching. So it says, Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. There's three things that we distinctly see here. So the practical, literal, historical point is exactly what we read. God spoke to Moses' mom, gave her some directives. Moses' mom was going to have a child. She was to raise him in a specific way. And then from those two directives, there was going to be this outcome in Samson's life. He was going to be a leader that established freedom for his people because his people was in slavery from the Philistines. So that is the very historical, practical point. But yet, let's look deeper into this and see how we can take this historical moment in Scripture and make it applicable to us, specifically as parents. So God instructed the mother to live in a way that would not hinder this child. In principle, that's really what was, what, what, what was happening. God was instructing the mother not to do certain things that could possibly hinder the child as it was forming in her womb. Now, God specifically said to her, make sure you do not drink any, no wine, no fermented drink, and don't eat anything that was unclean. Now, we, knew, we, we know by medical advancement that if you are a pregnant woman, there are specific things that you should not eat 
and that you should not drink because of the potential or the possibility of harming the child or hindering the child that is developing in your womb. And now there is a spiritual principle for us here. And the spiritual principle that we need to look at and consider for our lives is that when it comes to us dedicating our children to God, it's just not about us saying, God, here's my baby, but it's also taking into account what are we doing or what could we be doing in our lives that could potentially or possibly hinder these babies that we are dedicating unto God. Now, in Scripture, it was a very literal what you eat and what you drink. For us, it can be a literal practical thing as well, but it can also be a metaphorical thought and idea or directive of, of, of the way we live. So, in the process of dedicating our children to God, are we supporting this dedicating dedication by living a life that offers a good example to our children? Or are we living a life that is creating an example for our children that could possibly hinder them, affect them, harm them if they was to follow in our shoes? In other words, what are we allowing in our lives? Are we allowing anything in our lives that could possibly hinder or harm them? Does that make sense? I think the old adage, see no evil, hear no evil, do no evil, is applicable here. So God wanted Moses' mother to be healthy so that the child would be healthy. I think we can say God would expect the same thing to us. God would want us to be healthy or holy so that as we raise our young Samsons, male and female, they would be healthy also. So we must ask ourselves, are we allowing ourselves to see evil? Are we allowing ourselves to hear evil? Are we allowing ourselves to do evil? In other words, what are we ingesting? Because what we ingest, we digest. And what we digest, influence, leads, and indirectly tells our children it's okay to do. Am I, am I making sense here? So when it comes to child dedication, it's not just, Lord, here's your children, but it's also, Lord... What do I need to ingest? What do I need to take in? Or what do I need to stop in my life 
so I can be a holy example, a healthy example to these children that I'm dedicating to you. Move on to number two. She was told to train the child in a way that he would be dedicated to the Lord. So a couple thoughts here. He was to be raised according to his calling, his gift, his natural ways. He was called to be a Nazarite. Now, a Nazarite never cut the hair. A Nazarite did not touch a dead carcass of any sort. And a Nazarite lived a specific type of way. And this was his gifting. This was his calling. This was his role in life. And she was to raise her child according to how God had called him. Now, you may not be here sitting here and, 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 and know, most of us don't, know what your kid is going to be when they grow up. But every kid has a personality, and every personality trait gives us insights into their life, insights into their potential, insights into their possibilities. And it's important for us that we realize the way in which our children are raised and put them in a position that they can be who God created them to be. As opposed to putting them in a position and expecting them to carry out actions and activities that absolutely oppose how God created them. Raise up a child in the way they should go. What is the way that they should go? The no-brainer is they should go the way of God. But the deeper con content of this is that they should go in the way that God created them. Not all kids are going to be athletes. Not all kids are going to be artists. Not all kids are going to be brainiacs. Not all kids are going to be mechanical. Some kids are going to be talkers and some kids are going to be quiet. Some kids are going to be watchers and some kids are going to be readers. Some kids are going to like to draw and some kids are going to like to go out and be adventurous. Some kids don't want to be all physical and some kids can't get enough of physicalities. It's important as parents in the process of dedicating our children unto the Lord that we raise them according to how God created them so that they can embrace all the details and all the design elements and all the little characteristics that God put in them. And it's our job as parents not to, put in, not to put our kid in a position that opposes how they were created. Not to put our kid in a position that we always wanted to be, but we never got to be. Sometimes we do that. Right? The second little part of that is to raise our children to be ho holy. And honoring God. Honoring God by coming to church. 
Honoring God by treating people the right way. Honoring God by see no evil, hear no evil, do no evil. Honoring God by having a relationship with Him even at an early age. That's how we train up our children. So, so Samson's mother was instructed to raise her child a certain way. And I want to say, each of us as parents, we're instructed to do the same thing. To raise our child in a specific way according to how God created them, designed them, and ultimately called them to be. The third one. The third one, God said to her, he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. So we see the outcome of one and two here. We see the outcome of the influence of a godly parent or parents. Because this actually transcended to the father also. I just didn't read that part. And we also see the outcome of Samson being raised the way God wanted him to raise, be raised. So when children have the godly influence of parents, guardians, grandparents, aunties, and uncles, when they have the upbringing of godly people around them, and when they are raised according to how God created them, there is a great, great potential that they would raise up as a child of God, as a woman or a man of God, and they will be used by God as a point to lead people into connecting with God. Samson was raised in a way that he was able to lead however he was called to lead. Your children is called to lead. My children is called to lead. It may not be in this context. It might be in a context out there. It might not be a preacher. It might be a teacher. It may not be a musician. It, it might be a business owner. It might be in the form of a coach. It might be in the form of a tradesman or a tradeswoman. It might be in the form of a medical worker. But whatever form that they are called to or they, chosen, they, they choose to be in, they are also called to lead. But how can they lead properly if they do not have the right influence from mom and dad? And how can they lead properly if they're not raised to be who God created them to be? And if they're not raised to be holy and honorable unto God? So we need godly leaders. Can I get a right on? Just look at the political junk that's going on in our world. We need godly leaders. Just look at the news and see what happens in our education system. We need godly leaders. Look at some of the, 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 the dishonest things that happen uh, in, 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 in the financial world or in the business world. We need godly leaders. Look at the influence that our teachers have with our children and our coaches have with our children. 
We need godly leaders. But in order for us to have godly leaders like Samson, who was full of the strength of God, they're going to have to be raised with godly influence and raised with godly standards. So we are dedicating our children unto God. But a big part of dedicating children unto God is also dedicating our parenting unto God. Oh, let... I want to say that one on this side also. A part of dedicating our children is also dedicating our parenting unto God. Sometimes we want to give things to God so that he takes care of everything and we don't have to do the hard work. Or so that we can just kind of, you know, like play play Monopoly and you like, you know, you, you roll dice, you, you, you skip the hard spots or you skip the, the, the jail time or whatever the case might be. Sometimes people just want God to put them in a position to where they just skip, skip the hard stuff. Don't work that way. You didn't know what you was getting into this morning, parents, when you're dedicating your child to God. You are indirectly, but yet so directly saying, God, I'm not only giving them to you, but I'm giving myself as a parent to you also. Amen? Oh, we so deeply have to take responsibility with how we influence, with how we raise, so that one day, it could be now or it can be in the future, God can use our children to be mighty leaders in our churches, in our schools, in our businesses, in the political arena, just in the world. Amen? Lorana's coming at this time. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.